media is betting big on New York's football teams. Plus, later in the episode, we have the new IndyCar champion who is celebrating his victory amid a contract dispute. It's Tuesday, September 12th. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter, and this is Front Office Sports Today. When it comes to the NFL, New York is back, or at least the networks are hoping it is. Joining me now to discuss is front office sports senior writer, Mike McCarthy. Welcome, Mike. How are you, Owen? Great. Great to have you. So you've been looking into this phenomenon. Where are we seeing the media kind of placing its bets on on the Jets and Giants? Well, as Billy Joel sang, uh, he was in a New York state of mind. And so are TV networks this season. Uh, The two New York teams between them, the Jets and the Giants, are going to be under the lights for 11 primetime games. Uh, And they're both likely to hit a maximum of six nationally televised games. This is a huge change from last season when they were only in one or two games apiece. So the, the NFL networks are going all in on New York this season. Yeah, I mean, you know, New York's the biggest market. It makes a lot of sense. And we got Aaron Rodgers. Um, but is there is that all there is to it that, you know, when the first glimmer of hope we see in New York, the, the media just can't help itself? I think you're right. Uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has totally rewritten the script in New York. Uh, not many people know this, but the Jets are suffering through the longest playoff drought in amongst North American sports leagues. 12 seasons without missing the playoffs. So Aaron Rodgers has just re-energized the fan base up here. They're crazy. They're talking about football all the time, especially with the Yankees and Mets having lousy seasons. Then you got the Giants, although they were terrible last night against the Cowboys, they did have their first playoff uh, season in a while last year. And don't forget, as bad as uh, they uh, played last night, the Giants played in the most watched regular season game in history last year, 42 million people for Giants-Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. Wow. All right. Well, yeah, that that puts it in perspective. And yeah, I mean, just making the playoffs gives them something of a runway, right? I mean, if if they're, you know, two and eight after, you know, week 10 or week 11, then, you know, maybe, maybe they, you know, some of these networks start using their flex games to get away from them. But, you know, it, people in New York are ready for, for football and maybe they're hungry for it. Yeah, and, and you also have to remember, too, that the people making these decisions are human. The NFL is based in New York. The TV networks are based in New York. They're Giants fans, they're Jets fans, they're football fans. So if they have a choice to put their favorite team into the national slot and justify it by saying that New York is the largest market and now they're finally winning, they're going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I just threw out, you know, 10 weeks as something of, a you know, an evaluation period, let's say. Um, when do you think the networks start really looking at this choice and saying, like, OK, is this bet working out? I think the first three weeks are a shakeout period. And the reason why I say that is because the NFL has changed so much. Nobody plays in the the preseason. So what you saw last night uh, and yesterday afternoon was really a lot of preseason games, a lot of preseason type football, preseason mistakes. I think once you get to week four, I think that's when the networks and the league are going to be like, all right, we know where we're at. We know who's good. We know who stinks. And we can start making decisions. But then they're not going to make decisions uh, based off week one. I mean, somebody pointed out to me that the last two times, uh, two of the times the Giants won the Super Bowl, they lost to Cowboys in week one. So you can't really read that much into week one. 
Yeah, you can even take it as a good sign. And yeah, I threw on a couple of preseason games at one point and I was like, I'm just watching the backups. Like, this tells me nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. I mean, look at Burrow yesterday. I right. mean, this guy just got the, the richest contract and he looked like a scrub. Well, that's because he hasn't played at all. Yeah. And once he shakes off the rust and gets used to the speed and the hitting, he'll be Joe Burrow again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also in the, uh, you know, I guess in the football world, in the media world, uh, there's nothing like a deadline. Disney and Charter uh, settled their dispute. And I believe that means we will be seeing Monday Night Football on, on Charter Cable. Um, yeah, just how that all strike you? Uh, I think Disney had the ultimate leverage. I mean, they had Aaron Rodgers' regular season debut tonight on Monday Night Football. I mean... If they were going to tell the Spectrum customers that they weren't going to be able to watch that after missing uh, Thursday night uh, and after missing the U.S. Open, they would have had a serious problem. But if you look at the the details, the devil's in the details here. It certainly looks like Charter made their point with Disney, and they got as soon they they got as soon as they gave in the negotiation. They picked up some some good negotiating points from Disney. So I think it was a, a kind of a win win for both sides. All right. Yeah. Well. I'll take it. You know, don't get too many win-wins these days, I feel. All right, Mike McCarthy, thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you. We're through the first week of the NFL, and there were some great games, blowouts, and some weirdness. We saw Joe Burrow, now the highest-paid player in the NFL, put up all of three points, and the Cowboys, before blowing out the Giants, unveiled an AI version of their owner, Jerry Jones, that people can ask questions to. But that wasn't even the weirdest AI-related NFL thing that happened last week. The game between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Miami Dolphins, my pick for best game of the week, was attended by 70,240 fans and four robots. Human-looking robots who sat in the seats and would sometimes look around as if they were interested in something. It was a promo for the movie The Creator. The movie Smile did something similar last year with real people who sat behind home plate and looked equally unsettling. I'm cool with weird promotions, but I'm hoping next time something like this happens, it's slightly less creepy. Up next, I spoke to Alex Pelot, who just won his second IndyCar championship with Chip Ganassi Racing. Last year, he was in a contract dispute with Chip Ganassi because he was trying to leave for McLaren, which works in IndyCar and F1, among others. That got settled, but now he's in a dispute with McLaren, which has gone to court because he's supposed to be a reserve driver for their F1 team, but that doesn't seem like it's actually going to happen. I asked him about all of that, and that conversation is next. I am joined now by Alex Pillow, IndyCar champion. Welcome, Alex. Thank you so much for having me. Great to have you. So congrats on the win. Uh, what does your second IndyCar championship mean for your career? Um, it means a lot, man. It means a lot. I, I never thought um, that we would be able to, to win an IndyCar championship. It was always a dream to be part of IndyCar and to fight for uh, wins and just to be part of it. Um, but honestly, when we won the first one, it just felt amazing. And now to be able to say that we won uh, two championships in four years, it, it feels pretty awesome. So yeah, couldn't be happier at the moment. And I'm just curious about that word we that you're using because, you know, obviously you're, you're the one behind the wheel, but what, what goes into, you know, the team effort here? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people think that, uh, just because I'm the only one driving the car, um, that it's, um, one person sport, but it's actually a team effort, honestly, like we have 
a huge organization behind the team. Uh, there's more than 150 people uh, to run four or five cars. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a lot of people that make this happen. Uh, all the engineers, all the mechanics and everybody back at the shop uh, that makes it possible. So that's why I say we and not uh, I. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, obviously you, you've had a lot of success in IndyCar. You've also dabbled in or maybe more than dabbled in, in other racing series. Is IndyCar sort of home for you right now in terms of the racing world? Yeah, absolutely. It is. It was a dream of mine when, when I was a kid. Um, I grew up in Europe, so I would follow a lot um, F1 when I was a kid. But then uh, one day I saw my dad uh, following the Indy 500, um, and I just was curious why he was following um, just because of the way that they raced on the ovals, and we didn't have any ovals in, in Europe. So um, I got curious. I got into it. I started following uh, the whole championship, and uh, it was a place I wanted to be. Um, I think it's one of the most uh, difficult places uh, to to race at, uh, just because we have road, street, and oval racing, and it's also the same. It's a one spec series, so everybody has the same car. Um, you can make the differences between uh, teams by just setting the car and making uh, some setup changes, but uh, the the base car it's the same. Yeah, and uh, and you're getting into sort of something I was going to ask you next, which is what defines IndyCar for you. You mentioned the oval. You mentioned the you know it's everyone's got the same car. Are those the main ingredients for you, or, or is there more to it? Yeah, honestly, I would say that's that's the main ingredients. I mean, um, you you're not going to find another single seater uh, competition that uh, mixes street, oval, and road courses. Um, and it's actually pretty well split. Um, I don't know if it's like 30% each, but it's almost there. Um, probably we have a little bit more road courses than ovals, but it's almost uh, perfectly split. Um, so that means that you need to be at least average on all those to, to finish up high in the championship. So um, that makes it very, very um, difficult and challenging. But also the fact that it's a one-spec series uh, that... Um, even if you're in the smaller team, you can have a chance to win every race weekend. So um, that makes the competition really, really high. Um, so, yeah, I would say that's the main the main things about IndyCar. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting, especially coming from F1, where it's like you've completely different vehicles, um, you know, for, for different series. Um, what are your plans for next year? Yeah, we so now in the off season we're gonna celebrate uh, a little bit. We're gonna go back to Spain, um, but next year, yeah, try and win again. I mean, uh, we're gonna uh, stay here in US in IndyCar. Um, we have a big goal uh, to try and get, which is the Indy 500. Obviously, we won two championships, but uh, no Indy 500s yet. So we need to push for that, work for that. And the good thing is that. It comes really early into the year. It's in May, so it's like we can focus a lot um, at the beginning of the season on the Indy 500 and uh, hopefully fight for it. And is there room for you in the racing calendar for um, for other stuff in addition to, to IndyCar? Um, or if you're all in on IndyCar, is that is that your thing? Yeah, normally, I mean, you can have a couple of races here and there in like... Um, uh, endurance races at the beginning of the year, like uh, Daytona, but you cannot really add many more. I mean, we're doing 17 weekends um, and it's normally pre-compressed. And be in between the races, 
uh, and all the testing and the media duties that we have, we don't really have much uh, time to do other series or other one-off races um, during the racing season. So now uh, two contract disputes in, in you know the last couple of years for you. Do you worry that that will kind of follow you, um, you know, as some kind of reputation in just terms of how you deal with with teams and with companies? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think um, obviously it's not the position that I would like to be or we didn't really follow the route that I would have loved. Um, and I would have preferred to avoid all, all the dramas, obviously. Um, but it's not the way it's been. Um, so yeah, now hopefully we can just um, fix everything and uh, start being a normal driver without uh, any dramas outside the track. You know, IndyCar is, you know, along with NASCAR, is, is one of these very American racing series as opposed to F1, which you think of as global. Um, do you see the opportunity or the possibility of, you know, IndyCar kind of breaking through to the rest of the world? Yeah, I would love that. And I think we have a great opportunity ahead in the future. Um, maybe not like next year, but uh, in the next couple of years, um, just because of all the international drivers that uh, we've got here, um, especially um mexico argentina like south america which it's still like close it's not close close but it's still close to us um and i think there there might be future opportunities there because the fans there are crazy for motorsport for indycar they follow along a lot um and who knows maybe in the future we we can do some some races there um i think everybody would be down for that and i'm sure it would be a, a big big hit for uh, for the series for the drivers the teams everybody and uh so you know you, you've got two championships is um is there a, a higher mountain that you want to reach or are you just going to try to stay on this one no yeah yeah there's uh, i mean i can i can always try and win more championships. Um, Scott Dixon won uh, six championships so far. I'm sure that he'll be fighting for many more. Um, so we have a long way to go to, to reach that. Uh, we need to get an 8500 at least. Um, they are super hard to get. Um, it's, uh, it's a one day event. Well, it's one month, but I mean, it's one race uh, that defines a champion. And, and it's tough to be on top of your game and to be perfect that day because that's what you need to win in the 500. So we'll keep on trying to put ourselves in the position to win. Um, but that's the goal. The goal is to try and get Indy 500s and championships as many as possible. All right. Alex Palo, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thank you. That is it for today. Really appreciate you tuning in. Tell a friend if you're enjoying the show and subscribe if you have not already. Thanks for listening. We will see you tomorrow.